Hey guys, thanks for checking us out here on the Inside Scoop. I'm David Owen. And don't forget to subscribe or follow us to make sure that you catch the next episode too. Just a couple of weeks ago, we heard from David Church about the Cobb Online Learning Academy, or COLA. COLA serves the 6th through 12th grade students virtually. One of the things that we learned is that Cobb also has a virtual program for our younger students. Here to tell us all about that is the director of Cobb's Elementary Virtual Program, Dr. Ashley Beasley. Welcome to the podcast, Ashley. Thank you. Okay, so let's let's just start with a little bit about you. Uh, tell us a little bit about where you came from. Where'd you go to school? I actually am a proud graduate of Cobb County Schools. Are you really? I am. Okay. Then. I attended um, Still Elementary School, kindergarten through second grade, and then <laughs> Dowell in third grade through fifth grade when Dowell was built. I attended Tap Middle School and McEachern High School. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea we were interviewing a homegrown <laughs> That's uh, right. person here. Cobb born and raised. So your title is director it is okay but really and truly you're essentially you're a principal right i am okay um the difference what i tell my students at school is that i'm the same thing as a principal but since we are a program and not a school my official title is director but it means the same thing as principal all right so now you you you've hit on (laughs) the next question which was basically you know we've got cola which the a stands for academy and you guys are essentially doing the same thing. Why aren't you considered a, an academy or a school? Yeah. So EVP, the Elementary Virtual Program, mm-hmm. was designed as a pandemic response. Okay. It was going to be a one-year solution to help us to get through that very trying time. Yeah. Um, and it so it was established to be completely different than COLA. COLA was established to be a long-term solution, whereas EVP was not. So we look completely different than COLA. Okay, so where are you housed? Where Are you in the same building as COLA? We are not. So COLA is a a building out in Smyrna where they have middle and high school teachers all together in one building. But for the elementary virtual program, we are housed out of three different elementary school buildings. Okay. Kennesaw Elementary School, Ackworth Elementary School and Lewis Elementary School. And we have our teachers set up. Um, they're divided by grade level teams. So we have our kindergarten through second grade teachers in one building, our third through fifth grade teachers in one building, and then all of our specialists in another building. That's interesting because it almost sounds like you're, you're set up to accommodate them in person, but that's not the case. Are, are all of these uh, teachers in one wing of these schools or are they kind of distributed we we were um, we tried to cluster them together as much as possible and they are pretty close in proximity within the building but they each have their own classroom okay and typically um, they are you know a door or two doors down from their peers who also teach evp when you say classroom you're talking classroom a classroom. full classroom okay with all of the necessary things that a face-to-face teacher would have the panel on the board Um, all of the capabilities of face-to-face students or teachers. So the kids, when they're looking at it, they're seeing a bona fide classroom. They are. So our goal is for our students to feel like they are in the classroom at all times. And so that kind of helps for the students to be able to see the background of their classroom. And, you know, if they had previously been in a face-to-face setting, it looks very familiar to them. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems to me that half of the 
challenge is convincing these kids that they are in school. Right. <laughs> They're not watching a TV show, right? Right. Right. Okay. Now, just uh, again, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we had David Church on here talking about his program, and then he he mentioned your program <laughs> and referred to it as as uh, like cola light diet cola diet. Okay. And um, so I reached out to him today <laughs> to say. We are not diet cola. If if EVP is anything, we are like Mountain Dew or Red Ooh. Bull. Ooh. I mean, we are well, ready just, to go, not diet. To be able to keep up with the kids and keep them engaged, you got to be, right? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so how is that? I mean, you know, I... I've been in uh, kindergarten classrooms and uh, reading to the kids. You invariably end up with one of them with their <laughs> hand around your leg, um, looking up adoringly. Absolutely. So how do you how do you keep them engaged in that kind of a setting? That's got to be a challenge, right? Um, I really think our staff has done a phenomenal job of figuring out the best ways to keep our students engaged. Um, you know, when we think back to the, this pandemic res- response, we mm-hmm. think back first to March of 2020 and what our instruction looked like back then compared to that very next school year of 2021, where our classroom teachers were teaching both face-to-face students and virtual students at the same time, which Ooh, was not yeah. easy. And then last school year um, 2021 to 2022 was our very first year of EVP and I just think back for those three years and the progression that we made during that time with instructional learning and keeping our students engaged and then even up to a month into the school year now it's amazing what our staff has been able to do but we are able to keep our students engaged in um, using engagement tools like Lumio which it allows our students to have on their screen whatever the teacher is showing. Uh-huh. They can do their work on the screen. If it's moving math manipulatives, it's or if it's writing, and the teacher can see live what they're doing Wow! and provide immediate feedback to each child. So it literally has that seated at the table connectivity then yes completely and so that is an amazing tool that we have found that really increased our students engagement Um, of course our ctls our cob teaching and learning system that we have um, is also an amazing tool that allows our students to be connected with their teachers get feedback um, immediately turn in assignments it's you know that all-in-one place for students to interact with their teachers yeah so it's all together and you're not searching for okay how does this teacher communicate and right. so forth. Right. now you you mentioned the the uh, teacher's ability that it sounds like you know everybody's learning day by day how to keep these kids engaged and everything that's like we said that's a struggle always even in a, a face-to-face classroom you're facing that right absolutely no pun intended absolutely um <laughs> All right, so are, are these teachers specially trained for online virtual teaching? So we have some staff members that come with instructional technology degrees. Okay. Um, I have my instructional technology degree, a specialist and doctorate from KSU. Okay. So I, I know the program that was been provided through them especially, and some of our teachers do have that official training. The majority of our staff were formerly Cobb County teachers that just had on-the-job training, which is constantly 
here's your class of students, and now you gotta figure out what the best way to reach each of them. So you're constantly yeah. figuring out new methods or new ways to interact with students or new positive interventions to put in place to, to get students engaged. Yeah. Um, so not all of our staff have official training, but we also provide a lot of professional learning. We provided yeah. a lot um, starting in the summer before EVP started, we had a three-day crash course it was called an onboarding course for our teachers to truly learn about all of those aspects of the virtual learning that they needed to you know know going into day one uh-huh. um, and then we spent all of last year training our staff on various tools any tool that was helpful in meeting the needs of our students um, we we brought in our TTISs which is Cobb's uh-huh. technology training integration specialists rolls off the tongue just very easily <laughs> Anybody could have guessed that. <laughs> yes. Um, but they are amazing because they have a very good understanding of the tools and then how to use those tools to engage students. Yeah, they know what the industry best practices. They do. They do. Um, and so we, we, you know, we bring their knowledge in and have them help us train our teachers. Um, we've also got support from the math and ELA district level coaches on helping us to think through, okay, now this is what we did with these standards in the face face setting Mm -hmm. what can we do differently in the virtual setting yeah how do you bridge that that connection gap so to speak well and this goes back to what you were talking about having the uh the teachers grouped by age group in the same physical location i assume they can share tips pointers findings whatever they can and and they um they meet at least once a week to talk about just the learning and the teaching of students um and discuss techniques that are working well, um, even issues that they're having with a lesson and ways that they can problem solve to even make it better. Um, so minimally at a, um, once a week they're meeting, but they're interacting with each other much more frequently this year because they're right next door to each other. And yeah. so just in walking down the hall and seeing someone who teaches the same subject or grade level that you teach, yeah. they're able to converse more frequently than well, last year. Proximity, right? right? Water cooler yeah. conversation kind of thing? <laughs> yes. Not that we have. I don't even know if we still have water coolers in schools. <laughs> I need to go back out and see what it's like. Um, so why would families be inclined to use EVP instead of just sending, you know, put put the kid on a bus and, and see them at the end of the day. What It seems like that's an extra effort on their part. So why would they choose EVP over face-to-face? You know, I just polled our, our families yesterday because I, <laughs> I, I thought I knew the answer to that, uh-huh. but I wanted to really find out what our parents said was the reason for them selecting EVP. Um, we had a good portion who are still concerned about COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, we had um, parents who their, who stated their children had health concerns, okay. that they did not want to expose them to other children. We had parents who said that um, their family members had health concerns. We had families who said, well, it started out as we chose it just last year because of COVID, and then it was it met our kids' needs so well that we're continuing to choose it this year because of that. That is so, I mean, I, I experienced that with one of my kids. I'm like, okay, I'm just accepting that y'all are going to have a hard time because it's online. And But this one kid out of uh, – I don't know how many kids are in my household. She just flourished. I mean, she took off. And I don't know if it's because nobody is uh, – maybe a social thing that she feels pressure or whatever, but 
Are you finding that that's pretty common? Yeah. Some some kids just flourish online? It really works for some students, personalities and learning styles. I don't get it. But (laughs) then again, I've already got my degree, so (laughs) what do I care? Um, So what about about things like um, classes that I think they used to call them specials, like art or PE? Yeah. Are those, how, how do you accommodate that? Because, I mean, are the kids looking at, the screen doing jumping jacks they are they are but this is amazing because this year is the first year that we've had special specialists so we do have art specialists special specialists no just specialists specialists. okay all right um we have art music and pe and this is the very first year that we've had these teachers last year um the students had asynchronous lessons which is just where they're watching a video and doing an activity on their own and completing an assignment not necessarily real time not real time right this year they have real time specials and i have heard from so many parents about how wonderful our specialist teachers are and yes they are there watching a screen doing the activities but you would be amazed at how much fun the students have in going to specials online i'm I'm trying to process (laughs) the just the visual of well first of all music Uh, (laughs) anybody who's been to a an elementary music class, first of all, those teachers have my <laughs> utmost respect, um, knows that when they get those, uh, I guess, drumsticks out and they start clacking them together, it just makes this parent go nuts. <laughs> um, so I can't imagine what that would be like to hear, you know, I don't know how many are in a class, but 20 yeah. uh, in your virtual class clicking. And how do you, I just don't get it. It is amazing. Our teachers do such a great job with routines and rituals and put, you know, processes in place that, yes, the first two weeks, it seems like that. But then after them being in there for a certain amount of time, they understand the expectations and you would be amazed at what they're able to do. Well, if if you ever want to see any behind the scenes of EVP, um, <laughs> I, I try to do a lot of I try to take a lot of pictures and post them on my Twitter account um, so that you can really see what it looks like with the teacher's perspective and uh-huh. and just seeing the kids on the screen in a virtual setting. Well, we may uh, put that in the show notes so people can can take a look for themselves and yeah. see what that's like. So, how many students are we? talking about in EVP in general? So this year we're serving about 300 students. Wow. Okay. That's more than I was expecting. Okay. No offense. <laughs> I don't mean that. But, uh, you know, it, it makes makes a lot of sense yeah. that, uh, that middle school and, and high schoolers would be virtual. But I guess given what you said about the families choosing this, that, that also makes sense. Yeah. Um, would engagement be what you would consider the greatest challenge for – I, I would say engagement and the socialization piece. Okay. Our students um, don't get the same opportunities to socialize with their peers that they would in a face-to-face setting. You know, not having recess or lunch or just walking in the hall or moving around in the classroom or sitting mm-hmm. by a friend, they're not getting the same amount of time to interact with their peers. So because of that, we spent some time this summer trying to develop an option to give our students. So um, we have a dedicated 20 minutes a day that is just solely focused on student to student interactions okay and it's going to evolve over the school year um we started this the first nine weeks with it just being within their homeroom but then starting the second nine weeks we're going to look at allowing students to choose which socialization 
topic they go to, and then they can interact with other students and not just their homeroom. So what does that mean? So like if our art teacher wanted to host a group of students at a time on, Mm -hmm. you know, a socialization time where they focused on pottery um, and just, you know, kids were interested in pottery and Uh all their topic, their conversation would would just solely be about pottery. They would they would have an expert in the room, the teacher, to just facilitate the conversations. Okay, but it would it just gives students a time to fi- kind of find an interest and to be able to socialize with students, even larger than just within their classroom. Is it is it like? Opening up the the conversation opportunity for them is that the gist of that it? is the the, okay. the idea not of to it. oversimplify it but yeah I, no that I, is it it sounds to me like it could either be great or it could be mayhem right <laughs> <laughs> again back to those rituals and routines yes it could be mayhem but mascot do you guys have a mascot we do we what? we selected one last year well we let the students nominate some mascot options do you have a guess of what it would be (laughs) i gotta be honest nothing oh you did you saw it oh you cheated yes i'm sorry i want to be prepared for the podcast but um. so yes our mascot is the phoenix and um, our students again nominated options for our mascot then they were able to vote on which uh, mascot they wanted to select and we even had a student and we even had students draw a mascot and and provide our mascot so So. what what inspired the phoenix to be well what we what we always bring up when talking about phoenix being our mascot is just that the the phoenix is um it's supposed to mean rising to the challenge to become more power to become powerful and successful. Okay. So we really thought that aligned with some of our students who may not necessarily want to be in the virtual setting at first. Yeah. But once they get into the routine, they do such a good job. They rise to the challenge to become powerful and successful. So parents listening to this might be considering their child. Uh, attending EVP. Uh, we never know what's going to happen with the virus, if it's finally going away, as it appears to be, or is it going to make a return? We just don't, <laughs> it's like a bad movie. Um, what, what's your, your word to them on what they should consider as to whether it's a good fit, number one? And number two, what's the process of getting into it if they so choose? So um, we do a very intensive parent orientation session. Um, mm-hmm. It's pre-recorded for parents to really get a full picture of exactly what they're even thinking about signing their child up for, yeah, so yeah. that they have a very good understanding: is this going to be a good fit for my child or not? Yeah. And by the end of the session, it is very basic. Um, questions for parents to consider when determining whether to enroll their child in EVP or not. Gotcha. So um, we we really tried to do a good job of making sure that parents clearly understood what they were opting into and so that our students can have the very best learning opportunity available to them because it it has to be a good fit for the child. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The kids got to enjoy it. Yeah, right. Right. Now, are they able to find that video on your your webpage, or is that something that you send specifically to those formal requests? I do. Yes, we send it to the formal request, so people who are interested could reach out to me, um, and I could, you know, provide that video. All right, and and reaching out to you is through the webpage. I would presume it is. Right, it is. So we'll make sure that link is in the show notes so people can can find it. Is there anything else you want to add? 
I, I am super excited to be leading the program. We are, I'm proud of our teachers, our mm-hmm. staff, and our students have done a phenomenal job um, this past year and then this first month of the school year. Um, and I know they will continue to do so this entire year. And uh, for those who may have missed the middle part of this podcast for some weird reason, <laughs> um, basically you're COLA, but you are COLA empowered of course cola with extra caffeine okay (laughs) true well folks we've been talking with dr ashley beasley the director of Cobb's elementary virtual program ashley thank you so much for coming by and sharing what you are doing with evp thanks for having me and be sure to subscribe or follow the inside scoop to make sure you get that next episode you can also find us by going to the Cobb homepage at cobbk12.org and clicking on the little podcast icon up by the search button There you'll find the latest podcast with all the others as well. Thanks again for joining us on the Inside Scoop, a podcast produced by the Cobb County School District.